Life change in Jesus Christ has to be top three. Like, what are the other ones? Well, if you're, if you're becoming more like Jesus, I suggest to you, number one is the glory of God. Like the things you're most fired up about. If you're really in tune with your Savior, the glory of God, the gospel, the glory of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then life change in the gospel of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Top three in the life of the believer. If you and I are growing closer and closer to him and intimately with him, the glory of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and life change in the gospel. Hi, friends, and thank you for joining us again here on Live in the Light. Live in the Light is a ministry that's about life change for the glory of God. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and in just a few moments, we'll turn things over to our teacher for Live in the Light, Pastor Robbie Simons. But first, let me ask you, have you thought about what your purpose is in this life? Now, that's a deep question, I know, and I also know that it's one in which the world has a ton of wrong answers for. But God's word for us today contains the real truth. It's the purpose that God has given us. It's the true purpose we need to all be looking at today and all of us striving for today. Pastor Robbie explains more as we go to today's teaching from Acts 26. Here's Robbie with the word for today. What do you think I'm most fired up about? What do I really think about love? What do I spend my money on? What am I trying to do with my life? What really fires me up? What really excites me? Listen, if you, if you are truly growing in Jesus Christ, then life change in Christ must be top three in your life. Has to be. Life change in Jesus Christ has to be top three. Like what are the other ones? Well, if you're, if you're becoming more like Jesus, I suggest to you, number one is the glory of God. Like the things you're most fired up about. If you're really in tune with your savior, the glory of God, the gospel, the glory of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then life change in the gospel of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Top three in the life of the believer. If you and I are growing closer and closer to him and intimately with him, the glory of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ and life change in the gospel. And this question becomes such an important test of our hearts. Each week, you and I, each week, I have to check my heart and ask myself each week. I mean, if not every day, where's my purpose? Robbie, where's your purpose right now? Robbie, where are your affections? They've, they've gone off track. They're, 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 they're not where they should be. What am I motivated by? I'm not motivated by the right things. I have to check that every single week. I need a spiritual checkup. Every single, every single day, I need a spiritual checkup. So do you. And that's what this series is right now. That's what we're seeking to do. And check out why. Check out the purpose as to why Paul is being sent. There's so much purpose. It's dripping from this text. I'm not joking. When I ever, whenever I look up on uh, a, verse 18, um, my eyes light up like they do. And like my heart starts to beat fast. I get so excited in verse 18 because it's just dripping with purpose for the gospel. And I was, check it out. Jesus says, I'm sending you to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith, by faith, by faith in me, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. This is the purpose as to why Paul's being sent. Listen, it's so clear. Life change in Jesus Christ. It's so awesome. Notice five aspects of life change in this one verse. Notice number one is this, eyes are opened. 
Paul, I'm sending you that eyes might be opened. Jesus in Luke 4 stood up and said, fulfilling Isaiah, I have come, I have come to recover the sight of the blind. Physically, yes. Most importantly, though, most accurately, spiritually. Jesus is sent with his gospel and trusting his church with a message. Think about this. We hold a message that God will use to literally and, and spiritually open up eyes of the blind. What kind of power is that? Where's that power found? That power is only found in the gospel, can only be performed by Jesus Christ. It is so, so beautiful that eyes are opened. And that's why you and I, when we watch baptisms and we hear testimonies of men and women and children who have had their eyes opened through the power of the gospel, we smile, amen? We cheer and we have our tears forming in our eyes and running down our cheeks and we feel a joy in our hearts. So I was preaching in Harvest Brantford last Sunday. I got to be here Saturday night, but not Sunday morning. So I missed some of the baptisms on Sunday morning. And, but I got a link sent to me of the videos and I was sitting in a taxi cab of, I'll tell you more about this in a little bit, but I was sitting in a taxi cab of all places with a couple of friends from the church. And I began to play some of the baptism videos from last weekend on the phone and turned the volume. We we're all sitting there kind of huddled in this cab and I'm telling you it wasn't long before the amen started and the joy was felt and the tears kind of glossing over in our eyes. And just the reality, here's another life where the eyes have been opened through the power of the message of the gospel. You just can't make this stuff up. It's just so awesome. It's just so awesome. And this is, the, this is the message that we hold, but this is one aspect of the purpose. Notice what happens next, from darkness to light. So this is the motivation for life change, loved ones. We proclaim a gospel. People are turned from darkness to light. I love Isaiah 9, where it prophesies of Christ. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. To those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. As the world gets darker, be not afraid. As the world gets darker, be not discouraged or dismayed. As the world gets darker, the light of Jesus Christ only shines brighter. And this is the opportunity that we have right now. Notice in our text in verse 18, notice that they may turn from, they may turn from darkness to light. You see the purpose in this? You see the glory in this? This is, this is incredible. The message that we speak, people are walking towards death and hell. We were those people once. Walking towards death and hell and through the power of the gospel. What happens? Spiritually, people literally turn 180 away from death and hell and now turn towards glory and love and joy in heaven and eternal life with Jesus Christ. What other message in this world can do that? None. None. This is the power of the gospel for salvation. People walking to death and the gospel opens their eyes and turns them from darkness and death to light and life. Do you know, do we know the privilege and the power of the message that is entrusted to us? Paul does. Do we? It's not a game. This stuff is awesome. Notice, eyes are open, darkness to light. The power of evil is broken. He says, from the power of Satan to God. That's a staggering statement. The gospel releases the death grip of Satan and brings people and transfers them into the kingdom of the son that God loves. That's the power of the gospel. The power of Satan is broken and defeated. And instead, Christ gives life. This is the message you and I are entrusted with to use and steward within our lives. Just, just, just think about this, man. This is, this is so great. We, 
We get so excited about movies, don't we? Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, and the good versus evil, and we're cheering for good to win, and movies like Star Wars, all those years going a few generations back for us somewhere. But Star Wars, and oh, I hope Darth Vader's battle. Oh, and he's good now. Yay, good winning, good winning. And we get so, we pay money, and we watch and watch and watch. And then currently, you know, movies like Avengers, and, and good versus evil, and oh, I hope good wins, and we cheer. There's such a longing for, 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 for good to triumph over evil. But don't you see? That's, that's all make-believe. But we're in this thing called life and reality. We hold a message. It's not make-believe. It literally takes people from evil and turns them into good regarding the gospel and the glory and the grace of Jesus Christ. Awesome. We hold this message. Are we using it? So far out of our movies. And we're living in a real one right now called life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's exciting. It's hard. We suffer. There's opposition. It's exciting. I mean, think about that. Think about that. Stewardship, the opportunity, the power of the gospel. I really am praying hard these days too. If we could only see the reality of the spiritual world around us, even in this room right now, if we could only see the reality of good versus evil, of light versus darkness. Right now at this moment, the war that is raging over souls, the intensity of the battle why? Because this is the power of the gospel. Satan is terrified. It literally changes lives. Oh God, would you wake, and, wake us up, Lord? Wake us up to the reality of our response to the message of the gospel last week. So I was preaching in Harvest Brantford and, and um, I want you to be so encouraged. You know, one of our church plants, just not even a year ago, place is packed. I don't, I don't think there's a seat in the, in the place. Um, encouragement is so strong. Um, singing loud, people there. I had so many people come up to me afterwards. I'm not exactly sure why. This one encouraged me. I was going to come up to me and say, my life's changing, my life's changing. You know, marriages that are thinking there's lots of different challenges stuff going on, but just God is at work. People who, who marriage is being restored or people who weren't there before, people being saved, people being baptized. And I thought to myself, I sat there for a moment. I said, wait a second, wait a second. As of a year ago from now, that church didn't even exist. Not in that form, not in that school, not with those people. And then here it is now and it's thriving and full and packed with purpose for the gospel and life change for Jesus Christ. Loved ones, be encouraged because that is the hope for our nation. The hope for our nation is churches being planted for the gospel and the glory of Jesus Christ. And as you support this church, you support that church. We are part of something so much greater than just this. We are part of something that God is doing in the power of the gospel and literally lives are being changed and eyes are open and turned from darkness to light from the power of Satan to God. It's literally happening all around us. You got to see it. Be excited about it. Be fired up about it. And Paul says at the end of verse 18, he says that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Do you see why I'm pretty excited about this verse? And this, and is it underlined in your Bible yet? I hope so. You can get that done before the end of the message for sure, I pray. But notice right here that they may receive forgiveness of sins. One person can forgive sins, Jesus Christ. One way we get to heaven, Jesus Christ. Forgiveness of sins. And listen, and receive a place, a place, he says, among those who are sanctified by faith in me. It's so odd. The gospel when received, guarantees a place and glory in heaven, a place among those who are set apart for the glory of Jesus Christ. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel. And notice the last four words in verse 18. So key, by faith in me. Not by works, not by works, not by works. You're here today. 
You think being a good person gets you in heaven? And, 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 and one more, and, all right? You can't get into heaven. Jesus Christ gets you into heaven by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith in me. Not Paul, Christ, 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 Christ. By faith in me. You have a place in heaven. Are you saved in Jesus Christ? Think about it. You have a place reserved for you in heaven. Bam, that's awesome. You have a place with your name on it. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. When we share the gospel, we are desiring that other people would too have a place reserved for them. They may, they may not know death, but no life. That's the urgency of this message. That's the power of this gospel. I ask you, are you sharing it? Am I sharing it? Are we sharing it? God, help us to share it. God, help us to not fear man. God, help us to understand the urgency of the day. God, help us to get beyond ourselves and our stupid fear and help us to fear you more than we fear man. God, help us because we can't do it apart from him. We can't do it apart from him. But he wants to do it through us and in us and he asks us to be available in this way right now at this time in this church and this message. What is my purpose? Proclaim the gospel. What is my motivation? Life change. But now we see, what should I expect if I take this seriously? What can I expect if I actually try to fulfill this life of purpose in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Four things from the rest of our text here today. They'll be on the screen beside me that I can expect as I genuinely desire to see a life of purpose fulfilled in my life. Number one, I can expect this. If I'm going to do this, I can expect number one, obedience from myself. I can expect obedience from myself to the commission upon my life. Look at verse 19. Paul says, therefore, O King Agrippa, testifying to this glorious gospel, he says, I was not, I was not disobedient. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision but declared first to those in Damascus, then Jerusalem, Judea, and also to the Gentiles that they may repent. Notice right away, this is everything for the disciple of Christ filled with purpose. He says, I was not disobedient. Hear this, loved ones. The quickest way to empty your life of purpose is disobedience. The quickest way to empty your life of purpose is that's, that's partly, or that could be the reason why some of us are here right now and we feel no purpose. Because there just hasn't been obedience. There hasn't been a love for God. There hasn't been a love for others. There's been a love for self. And so because we have seen disobedience run through our lives as the predominant theme, then of course purpose leaves us. And we become dissatisfied and miserable. But notice this, disobedience is more than not a result of our eyes off of the treasure of, of Jesus Christ and therefore off of our purpose as well. See, the single greatest reason Paul was used, he was so captured, so captured by the gospel that he could not help but proclaim the gospel again. In Paul's life, I want to say it again, because this, this again is the secret to his life. He sees the grace of God. The grace of God comes and saves him. Light shines. He is literally taken from death. The, the grace of God, and that, and that fuels then, then, then the gospel of God. When you have grace and you see gospel, you go. You can't help but go. When you see the grace, undeserved favor, not unmerited from God, and the grace of God I've received, then it, in the gospel, grace, gospel, go. Grace, gospel, go. Not grace, gospel, stop. 
Grace gospel, go. I've received this. I am this. I must say this. I must live this. Grace gospel, go. That's just Paul's life. It's just, it's just so clear. It makes so much sense. You know, Pastor Rod, why, why, why get so excited about these things? Grace gospel, go. That's why. Why am I so passionate? Grace gospel, go. How, how can we sit back and do nothing? For real? For real? Right, right, Robbie, what's wrong with you? My, what's wrong with me is I read the Bible too much. And I keep reading the Bible and the power of God for salvation. And I keep seeing the call for passion on my life. And I keep seeing the expectation God wants to have for his church. And I cannot settle for less than, and I cannot settle for less than you either. And so many Christians are too lukewarm. They're just settling for too less. Come on. Come on, wake up. Beg him to wake you up. Just in a moment, we'll be standing. Just in a moment, we'll be before him. In a moment, we will be before him. He's told us everything we need to know. There's no questions about what he wants us to do. Help us, God. Take my unbelief, God. Take my idolatry, God. Take my laziness, God. Take my apathy. Kill it, God. Kill it. That my life might be used for the greatest purpose known to mankind. John Piper has said in his church for many, many years, there are three types of people in his church regarding missions in the gospel. There are goers. All of us are called to be goers in some way, whether you're a goer locally or nationally or globally, go. He says there are goers. There are senders. And there are the disobedient. And that's true in this room right now. We have goers in this room. We have senders, resources, prayer. You want to be a sender? You pray. You want to be a sender? Why don't you join our pre-service prayer team before each service and call, call to the Lord and say, I want to be a sender for my purpose in the gospel. You pray. You encourage. We have goers. We have senders. Listen, we also have the disobedient in this room right now too. You'll know which one you are. Notice um, in verse 20 of this text, notice how closely it relates to Acts 1 verse 8. In Acts 1 verse 8, we are, Jesus says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Notice in Acts 26 verse 20, Paul says, I was a witness for Christ in Damascus, Jerusalem, Judea, and to the Gentiles. Paul's fulfilling his part in the command of the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations, but I want you to see this. So again, the temptation could be right now. Okay, I got a purpose. I got to do something about that, which in one sense is true, but remember, we can't do this. So you say, well, then what do I do? The Great Commission, the bookends of the Great Commission, Paul Tripp actually explained this to me last year, and it just, I mean, it's so simple, but it was just so beautiful. And he explained to me just, Robbie, before the Great Commission, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So where does the power for the Great Commission come from? Christ. And then he gives the Great Commission. And then at the end of the Great Commission, he says, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So what's the guaranteed promise of the Great Commission? It's the presence of Christ. So don't you see, Ravi, it's the authority and the power of Christ. And then the guaranteed promise of the presence of Christ that allows the Great Commission to happen at all. 
So we then are not saying, I gotta try harder, gotta try harder. We understand his authority and power and his promised presence allows us then to fulfill that which he's asked of us because Jesus will never command from us what he's not willing to do and fulfill in us. So don't you see? We get discouraged, but it's because we're not looking at our source of power and presence. If I'm gonna live a life of purpose, I can expect obedience for myself. And I can expect this also, I can expect opposition from others. Opposition from others. Notice what kind of response the message of repentance will sometimes bring. Look at verse 21. For this reason, Paul says, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Well, that's nice. Remember too, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul explains that when we share the gospel to some it's the fragrance of life and to some it's the fragrance of of death, yes. See, again, 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 Jesus has promised us what's going to, so, so if you and I are going to live a life of purpose, we have to align our expectations. I tell you this all the time. Align your expectations, what the Bible actually teaches. And the Bible actually teaches as we truly live for Christ, we will be opposed at times. Look at verse 24. And as he, this is, this is, this is, this is great. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus, the governor, said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. I love that. Festus is calling Paul crazy. Question, question. You ever been called crazy for Jesus? I have. I'm sure a lot more people have thought it than said it, but they've also said it. You know, George Whitfield, the first Sunday after he was ordained, he preached the message. And 50, or people complained. People started complaining that Whitfield had caused 15 people to become insane. Okay? So the complaint was he's, he's making people go nuts. Okay? Now, the bishop who received the complaints was godly and wise. And the bishop said to, this, to these people complaining, he said, I wish all clergy had this effect on people, not none at all. See, he got it. See, see, see the gospel does make people crazy, but in the best, pure, awesome, joy-filled sense of the world, the world thinks it's crazy. Jesus Christ says, it's amazing. Many of you have people close to you and you're going for Jesus Christ and they think you're nuts. Amen, nuts for Jesus. In fact, maybe gospel advance is a good title. Maybe nuts for Jesus is a better title for the series. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Nuts, nuts, nuts for Jesus. Because in reality, that's what, listen, listen, that is a good thing. Remember, remember, your savior was accused of being insane. Your savior was accused of having a demon. He's mad. He's, he's out of his mind. We shouldn't be surprised when it happens to us as well. They treated me this way. How will they treat you also, Jesus said. What should I expect? Obedience, opposition, but I should expect this, loved ones. Look, 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 help from God. I should expect help from God in this longing for purpose. Look at verse 22. It says, to this day, I have had the help that comes from God. You see, what's Paul's secret? God is Paul's secret. Not him, it's God. So I stand here testifying to most small and great. Paul says in Colossians 1, I toil, I toil in the gospel, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Don't you see? Don't you see? His agonizing, his struggling is the energy of God in him that God powerfully works on him. Grace of God, strength of God, power of God within our lives. How long does Paul last on his own? He doesn't. Verse 26, he speaks of boldness. Boldness is not man-made. Boldness is God-given. 
It's God given. Paul has the things God has given him. He has help from God. And lastly, we see this. We see this obedience, opposition, help from God. And fourthly, I need to expect results. If I'm living a life of purpose, look what happens in verse 27. Again, live in the Bible, live in the Bible. Okay, so Paul is declaring these truths and Festus is calling him nuts and all this kind of stuff. And then verse 27, he hangs on to his purpose, man. He says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? And then this statement, I know you believe. That's great, man. I just love Paul. There he is and just in his God-given boldness and looking at the king over several cities. Do you believe King Agrippa? I know you believe, you know? And King Agrippa, he's like, oh man, like, he's got conviction going on and he's probably getting a little restless like the guys in church with their conviction and stuff and they, get, they just can't sit still. And I'm sure King Agrippa in some case was like that as well. And then King Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, whether short or long, I went to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am except for these chains. See, the life of purpose is anticipating, expecting results, even in the most bizarre places. This past week, I found myself um, in New York City. Pastor George Sherman and I and Pastor Jason Matta from Toronto West, we were down at the Brooklyn Tabernacle for a day of renewal and prayer with Daniel Henderson, who was here, remember? And Daniel invited us, went down um, late Monday and then came out midday Wednesday. And, and uh, it was a good time down there and, and just simple prayer and, and worship. And, but we were getting in the taxi on the way back to the airport. Our wives were with us. So there were six of us and the taxi driver in this cabin. We got in the cab and that's when, um, first thing I did was I just wanted to play that video of the baptisms. And so I got my phone out and I started to play and, the, and the, the music was on the cab. The driver kind of sensed what was happening. He turned the music down a little bit. So started listening to this powerful, powerful baptism from last weekend. And the audio was pretty loud. And I think the driver was picking up on some stuff. We we're watching that. And we were all getting a little emotional, excited and saying, praise God, praise God. And bless you, George. I love Pastor George so much, man. Just he's in the front seat. And then, so he starts asking some questions to the driver and just some small talk. But I knew where he was going right away. I just knew it right away, you know? <laughs> You know, and I just started praying for him and I'm just there. And, and, um, and so we started driving along and the conversation got interesting pretty quick. And I think the baptism video set a bit of a tone because the, it's interesting, the cab driver actually began to speak, not like on Christ terms, but he started to speak on a few opening that gives opening for spiritual questions. Like God was just doing something in that moment. And then George took it upon himself to kind of enter into a more of a, a gospel centered conversation, asking for his background. This cab driver had a church background, but it sounds like he was just kind of dabbling all sorts of different things. Um, but it's interesting. George then said to him, this is a great question to ask when you're witnessing. He said to him, he said, do you have any kind of faith background? And the cab driver chuckled. And he said, you know, I've been in this cab for all these years. He said, people ask me about where, where's this and how do I get here? And, and what do you think about this? No one's ever asked me that question ever. And he seemed to want to talk about it. You're like, this is great. So George's like, well, my name is George. I'm a pastor at a church. Uh, this is Robbie Jaime. He's a senior pastor of our church. And Jason Mao, he's the church plant pastor. And the guy kind of looks around and he's like, what have I got myself into here? And he, and he literally said, I've never had a whole church in my car, you know? And, and so we start talking about the gospel is really, really, really neat. And really getting to the thing, did you have faith in Christ and forgiveness of sins? His name was Casey. And we're, and, we're, and we're doing this. And he says, you know what? He says, I've had Hindus in my cab. I've had Muslims. I don't ever recall having Christians in my cab who have talked to me about Jesus. And that's sad, loved ones, because so many of us, I understand, I understand, are so afraid. But here we are having this conversation. And at one point, the Lord led me just to, to say, Casey, I want you to know without a shadow, we are in this cab today. All of us, all six of us crowded in, in this cab that lets you know Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you. He wants to save you from your sins. 
And he wasn't, he wasn't shrugging this stuff off. And we got in, talked more, and we got to the airport. It's always a long way in New York, isn't it? Never been there before, by the way. It was really neat. Get to, the, get to the airport. George hands him a gospel of John. We pray for him. He's receiving this. This is so exciting. And then we get out of the cab and against Casey and give him a big hug. George exchanges cards and just said, dude, love you, man. God's at work in your life and you know it. And I could tell he did. He did, you know? And God gave us, I think, this, even with this text coming up this week and these opportunities, just to share with us, to say this, and are we open to the opportunities God is giving to us? And when they are there, are we willing to walk through those doors? And when you and I pray for the opportunity for our purpose, will we take them when God grants them? Loved ones, let's expect results. Remember, you at once were in darkness. You at once, apart from Christ, were in the power of Satan, but somehow God saved you and someone told you the message of the gospel, God wants to save others also. That's why we're here. The purpose of the gospel for the glory of God. Thanks for listening to Live in the Light today. If you'd like to hear this message again or any messages in this series, visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. Live in the Light exists to see radical transformation in God's people through the revelation of God's truth. We believe that through the faithful and passionate preaching of God's word, disciples will be made and the church will be strengthened. Our prayer is as people are impacted by living the light, they will be renewed in mind, reinforced in faith, and resolved in will to live in Jesus Christ. That's all for today. Join us next time at Live in the Light.